0: Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette. Celeste Barber, great. Janet Jackson, Nasty Boys, great song. You like to go to Kids Bop Kids, that's their... Sammy Hagar, I'd go to. I went to see the Doobie Brothers. I'd probably go again. Good old Whitney Cummings. Yeah. Train and REO Speedwagon. There's so many more for way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25 each.
1: Wow. That is a good, that's a good deal. You got to yep. visit
0: livenation.com slash to buy now.
1: What is it? livenation.com slash concert week to buy now.
0: Hey, Dana, uh, this is going to be Chris Kattan, uh this week, and Chris was overlapping mm-hmm. with me for a while, maybe you. Uh, um, I was just going to tell you that I got a lot of good feedback from the last couple of shows. Really? Which ones? We don't really talk about this. Paul Rudd was on. Um, mm-hmm. Will Ferrell obviously was a home run, you know, because he's so entrenched in SNL, and he's one of the all-time greats. The, super, super so, talented. Uh, you know, Paul Rudd. Yeah. I forgot that he was voted one of the—I forgot to tell him. I was voted one of the sixiest men in America. <laughs> but when I looked, it said, one of the sixiest. I'm the, one of the hottest sixes
1: What? There. I That's, don't get— That I'm sixiest? a six, yeah. Or well, you're uh, a six. Yeah. I don't know, a one to ten? Yeah. I don't know. You know, different setup or some kind of <laughs> <laughs> lost in translation.
0: <laughs> I'm one of the sixiest men in America. Yeah,
1: but you are not even one to ten. I don't yeah, know. Yeah,
0: I think people say— Your book should be called My Life is a Six. I'm like, I'm at least a 6.5, right? Well, the
1: job of the woman who's going to land David Spade is to convince you you're a 10. There you go. Or an 11. Well, why can't you be? Women, look, here's, (laughs) David, we haven't talked about this before. (laughs) You can shut the camera off. Okay, please. Um, Women like other things than just raw handsomeness. I mean, my looks don't matter. Am I really good looking? Yeah. Is it a big deal? No, I don't lean into it. Women can like sense of humor and smarts, and I put you at a twelve there. Okay, thank Let's you. See, I'm tearing up. Also, <laughs> Evan wiped <laughs> his Yeah, tear. that was
0: very sweet. I'm not even going to say the next thing. Let's talk about Chris Kattan. Uh, thank you, Dan. I'm going to start crying. Um, <laughs> is it my new sweater? No, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> it looks I'm, like it looks like old op.
1: Well, it looks like it looks kind of vintage. Or yeah, old, isn't that' cool. Yeah. Well, look at this. Want to touch it? <laughs> this is the one you show me. Bro. I know this is one I wear leather, every week. The fans hot.
0: love it. Fans freak out. Uh, the fans
1: freak out. Of I'm bring Katan, up my cool meter for a second. Get your here. shades on. Katan, um, Katan he, is a brilliant uh, comedian. He, he did a great job on that show. Uh, his physicality with Mister Peepers. Yeah, it, it sounds funny, but uh, as good as it gets. His commitment, brilliant. Who do you play? Mango. I
0: played Kiwi on one of the ones when I hosted. He played Mango, and we had a fight. I, it's pretty
1: funny. Well, yeah, Mango is... <laughs> you know Mango, he's... I know, it's such a quirky character, but we talk all about that. Yeah. We talk about Mr. Peepers, and we do get into how he got injured with all this yeah. throwing himself around the set. A lot of people have gotten some, some pain from that. Did you ever hurt yourself, fallbackers mm-hmm. or anything?
0: Mm. Going to catering once, I slipped on a AM. Some Lauren had on you
1: catering even in your third season? <laughs> <laughs> David, if you don't... It's, it, all the hot dogs are on one tray. It's not, it's it would not just, rocket science. It's so
0: simple. <laughs> <laughs> if you have time, I'm going to cut your update to give you a little more time. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he also talks about Will Ferrell and all this stuff yeah. they did together. And then um, and he's on the Dancing Roxbury. with the Stars.
1: yeah. Yeah, and just is a really nice guy. Packed, full of action stuff. Yeah, enjoy enjoyed that interview a lot. So I hope you do too. I really do.
0: All right, Chris Katan.
1: Chris Katan. Is that better? Yes.
2: Right, yes. Great. You know what the bad news is? Sorry about that technology.
0: We're out of time. <laughs> No, it's fine. how would how would Mango
1: have of, of tolerated? <laughs> how would Mango how would deal Mango with deal this. with this?
0: Stuff?
2: <laughs> I don't know what the frick. <laughs> what
0: the frick. Hey Dana, you know, I did a mango. Chris, do you remember? I do remember
2: that. Are we starting? No. Yeah. I do remember that. I was Kiwi, your arch enemy. Yeah, you're Kiwi and you got your buddy Chris Rock to be in it too as well, which was very nice of you. Oh, did he? What did he do? Yeah, he did. He did a little cameo. He was just like, you know, at the door saying, Mango, can I, I want you or something. I don't know. He played himself,
0: <laughs> that, that was his read. Mango, I want something you. Something like that. I want you. Mango. <laughs> you know, what's funny. I, I saw him on the show with uh, someone about two weeks ago and then about a month ago. And I go, Rock, you're actually on the show more now than when you were a cast member. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and he hangs out a lot, too, right? He, he just goes there. Why not? It's like a club. I know. It's kind of cool. That is cool. If I wasn't hosting and I was in New York, I've only been there once. Mm. I was actually, well, the 40th, but that doesn't. Do you
1: count. like going down the hallway and seeing pictures of yourself from
2: 40 years ago doing a sketch? I have a difficult time trying to find them. <laughs> You're like, where's, where's the, the, the katan me? section? <laughs> I know. Is there any pictures of me on this <laughs> wall? <Where is laughs>
1: if you look at Anna Gastar's ones, you take them off, and then we see you. I don't know. I have
2: no I idea. Behind, behind Anna of all people. Get out of here! You're an all star. I do remember that though. Remember, uh, I don't know if you ever felt this, but there was something about being on that show and being like, "Is there a picture of me outside of Lauren's office? Like, Ooh. as if that meant something? Like, oh, well, look, there's a picture of uh me in this sketch and it's outside of Lauren's office, like that's something special.
1: Yes, you know what?
0: That, right. When you go up the stairs to to people listening, eighth floor is where you shoot the show. If you walk up the stairs, ninth floor, it's also the balcony of the audience where you can watch, and it's also Lauren's office, and that's where they pick the sketches and on the air night. Mm-hmm. And if you walk up those steps and you're walking to Lauren's door, there's a secret door you can go in. That's right. But if there's there's fray photos. And I would always like to be on one of those because the host would see it and then they would go, oh, that guy's on the show.
1: He must be something. <laughs> but there weren't any of me. We're all we're all wounded little clowns. They were all of Dana. Everybody gets into that. Where's my photo? Where
0: is it? Why, why not yeah. me, me? I would get me, very
1: relaxed when I would see Lauren on a show day. He'd have a tall foot-long glass. He'd take an Amstel Light.
2: Yeah. Right. Amstel Light. I remember that. Which is
1: like 2% alcohol, whatever. That's how he, you know, and then he would do that long pour. Yeah. And you're like, God, we have a show today. He's pretty relaxed. I guess we're in good shape. Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. Sometimes I'd have a drink with him
0: watching the monitors underneath the bleachers because I had nothing to do (laughs) in the show.
2: You guys are so, so self-deprecating about this. Hey, Lauren, can I get an Amstel? I don't think I sat with him in that, like, in a in a way of being, you know, relaxed with him. I remember just being in there to get notes. But his notes were going through whomever was there at the time, like someone like Lyle or, I don't know, Some someone was giving the notes to me through, Lauren was telling her the notes, and then she was telling me the notes. <laughs> and you were one foot away. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you know what? I like
0: that. I forgot about it. under the bleachers, there's a monitor, and Lauren watches the show. And then yeah. he says what he's thinking during dress, and the Lyle and someone write him down. Maybe Aaron. Yeah. And then but Aaron, right. Aaron Maroni. And then they go. I remember. He goes too much blue. All right, what's he doing here? We don't need that entrance.
1: Why do I see that trophy? <laughs> Bring Keith in here. <laughs> That's not a Chardonnay. It's more the color of a Pinot Noir. Yeah. yeah. Why are
2: these shorts too tight? Yeah. The I can see are way Catan's
1: too tight.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Why
0: are the testicles so wide? Why is one <laughs> lumpier <laughs> than the other? How old is he? I forgot. How old is Katan?
1: <laughs> can he be younger? Katan is Katan. Isn't that what he is?
2: Isn't that what he is? Isn't he a full sentence, Chris Katan? Like a little boy. Yes, yeah, spake. Yeah. Do you remember we uh, when I first got on the show? I was well put in your office or shared an office with you. And uh, remember that you and I and Hugh Fink were uh, oh
0: Fink was in we that yeah yeah office yeah ninety six. I don't remember that that much because I thought they sequestered me and Hugh away from everyone because I didn't do <laughs> many sketches. That was a year, Dana. I stayed one year maybe too long, and right. I mean you weren't there too long. Though. Lauren goes if you stay. Do five minutes a week. You can do whatever you want.
2: I was so excited to be seeing you because I was like a huge, I'm still a huge fan, but at that point I was like, am really a huge, like I loved your Tom Petty. I loved your like, oh. I was like, oh <laughs> my God, I'm sharing. I was sharing my mom. Like I'm sharing an opposite state. It's crazy. You know, I was so like, and you were totally relaxed, of course. You know, you were so dry and like. Ugh. I
0: feel David, <laughs> you're too relaxed. No, I, uh, I, that was a way when I got there, you just see people that have been on. So it's fun to say, right. Oh, I'm with people that are actually on. They've been through the fucking grind. It's like saving private Ryan and you're the new guy. And they're like already in the middle of their hike. And you're like, Hey, I'm new. And they're like, get in line. We're going in. You're like, we're already, well, I, I don't know anything yet. <laughs> they're all grizzled vets. Yeah. That,
2: I didn't know yeah. what was happening, but I just stuck with, the. Uh but Lauren was helpful. He was just telling. Uh, well, she, he told Shoemaker to tell uh, you know, say that. Why don't you try out the gibberish guy? So that's what I did. The first uh week that I was on. Was that your first sketch? Yeah, I was the Forster The you know. Good afternoon, I'm Samara. Yeah. Gibberish guy. Yeah. But uh, they, uh, you know, they asked me to do that thing because I had no idea what to do. Otherwise, I was like sitting in front of a computer and not. I didn't know what to do. It was like six weeks before the end of the season. Putting
0: diarrhea in your pants.
2: Yeah, you know, oh, you came in mid-season? Actually, six weeks before the end of the season, which is after mid-season.
0: Yeah, I came in four weeks before the end. I know that's definitely weird because it's already going. It's already happening, and no one's got time for you.
2: Yeah, but I was really excited to be in the same office with you. I was like freaking out.
1: What did you bring from the... The Groundlings are like, you know, they'd say have some stuff in your back pocket. Was the gibberish guy
2: one of those? Sue Forrester, uh, Mr. Peepers, and um, Mm -hmm. Mr. Peepers, the monkey thing, which uh, which was made. Thank you very much. Please hold up. Well, I want to
1: talk about Mr. Peepers because I go by like when I watch the show and something is kind of supernatural, like I've never seen before. It never gets out of my brain. And that that one was like, wow, this is so different. <laughs> it's, like, mm-hmm. it's so
2: cool and yeah. weird. And well, weird. Was that to eat the apple? That's where I eat the apple, and then I dry hump somebody.
1: <laughs> yeah, but to turn <laughs> yourself in into a monkey, a human-like animal. I'm yeah I'm a
2: you know half man half monkey so that's (laughs) why
1: that's what he was in your children he's literally a hybrid half man half monkey basically yeah I was there for a read-through the first
0: time Mr. Peepers uh Katan (laughs) walks out half man half monkey wearing his
2: apple takes a bite yeah what what and then I got on the table to like I have to show that I can do this physically. because Oh, a physical no, you sketch. got on the table. Mm-hmm. Oh no. And the read through in front of 60 people. Yeah, people were not very happy about <laughs> that. Because
0: like. you're getting <laughs> apple shillings on everyone. All over everybody. Uh,
2: <laughs> don't get juice. Really? Yeah, I got on there. I got like even jumped on the... The main table? Uh, the table. And yeah. then at one point I went to the window like behind Lauren and jumped <laughs> off there. And I even remember people. Yeah. And Piedmont, Piedmont was like, Jesus, Catan. <laughs> <Like, laughs> was who was the host. Do you remember? Jesus
1: Catan? <laughs> oh, I,
2: I don't know. Probably like Charlie Theron or I think it's Charlie Theron.
0: Do you remember, Dana? Uh, <laughs> I wasn't there, but a story where Ben Stiller, Dolly Parton was the host and he I was there. Yeah. What happened? He did U2 or something.
1: Well, Ben's Ben stayed up all night working on a U two sketch. He was I was the edge. He was Bono. And <laughs> and Ben and Ben decided we would all get up in, in the read through room with the sixty people and put on like a sketch. But Ben mm-hmm. had a loose vest on with no no shirt underneath. And Ben had stayed up all night and had not showered. And he put Dolly Parton right up against him. And <laughs> it was it was interesting. <laughs>
2: Poor Ben. Well she has like Double D? Well, I don't know. Why are we talking about that? Anyway, that must have been an interesting sight. I think everyone
0: knows Dolly Parton has big boobs.
1: When Dolly did the show, where I'm on the soundstage with Phil and John, and she goes, okay, boys, I'll look away so you can look at them. I'm going to look away now.
2: So Is <laughs> that what she said? Look all you want and again. I remember look. seeing 9 to 5 as a kid, and I was like, ugh. <laughs> I love nine to five. Nine to five, yeah. Remember that movie with Lily Tomlin and Hell yes. uh, Jane Fonda. Hell yes. I remember her. That's great. So so <laughs> how
1: long were you at Groundlings anyway? How long of stay? And your dad was the beginning. He started it with people basically, which is amazing. was one
2: of the founders, yeah. So he was in the the you know, the main or it wasn't a Sunday show then, so yeah, he was one of the main uh, he's he was a cast member, original one with Paul Rubens and you know.
1: Oh wow. The apple doesn't fall too far from the tree.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But he, yeah, so he was there. He, he, uh, I'm trying to think who else, uh, Lauren Newman and, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, those. Oh, wow. That cast, I think. And, uh, that's what inspired me. And he's passed away, but he did all the sticky stuff. He was actually in a class that Jerry Lewis taught once in the fifties.
1: Wow. So your dad is, Doing all this, and then you're a little kid, and and so you're being exposed to comedy constantly. As a yeah, little kid.
2: He watched a lot of old movies. I mean, you guys probably have the same thing. You know, you were educated someplace, somewhere of some sort of inspiration. And no, he was no. <laughs> what inspired me. I don't know what, what inspired you, Dana? I mean, you must have like, were you in the doing to the mirror kind of thing alone in a, in a jail cell?
1: It was, you Well, there were five kids, <laughs> jail cell. four boys, five kids. And, uh. Yeah, I kind of had a dream of it like by, by the time I was 8, 9, or 10, of just being one of those guys on TV. I didn't think movies or even Saturday Night Live. It was just Danny Kaye or, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know, Smothers Brothers. So I had right. a secret dream, but I went into cross-country and track. I never took theater. I was a busboy, then a waiter, and I finally got in, on Courage and I had years of stage fright, like little physical manifestations of, trying Mm -hmm. to do stand-up. So that's how I got into it. But my dad was a high school teacher and my mom was a preschool teacher. But it's interesting to have a dad who specifically, yes, is a comedy sketch wonder kind.
0: (laughs) Well, it's probably high pressure because they judge. You think they're judging, are you any good? And you're probably not that good. My dad was kind of funny, like dads Mm -hmm. are. And so I'm trying to make him laugh. And my Comedy sort of gets shaped by what he thinks is funny, but he took me to Young Frankenstein. He took me to some movies that he thought was funny and it kind of made me go, oh, is that, you know, you're going to be a student of your dad's comedy in a weird way, indirectly. What he laughs at, he watched MASH. That was kind of dry. I like that. And so that, that actually helped if he was a super cornball. It might have thrown me.
2: Well, you taught me about, I mean, you kind of like introduced me to dry humor. I mean, there was other dry comedians, but you, Spade, mm-hmm. were like the shit. I mean, that, the you, know, you were like, wow, you just totally stamped sarcasm on television, like to the ultimate level. And it was like really cool to see. I remember that because I was like brought up like uh, my dad would show me older things like old Hollywood, you know, like the Chaplin, the Keaton and the Marx brothers, not just a lot of physicality. Yeah. Yeah. But also banter, like bits, you know, Marx brothers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but older Hollywood too, like black and white, you know, stuff in the forties and the fifties and that stuff. And uh, and, and I love, yeah, I love the team stuff, stuff between one person and another. And I thought connection, And that kind of thing was really cool to see. And that's what really inspired me too. Like you had that with Farley too. And, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. that was really cool to see. You know, it's
0: funny. I I was thinking of Farley the other day because one time I know you have sort of, we both have neck troubles sometimes. I think yours is pretty bad too. Uh, Yours is probably worse at this point, uh, to be honest. Um, But I was doing a motivational speaker. Maybe yours is better. I don't know. I'm not saying that to be negative. I'm just saying, I know you've had some trouble. Oh, no, I know. And, uh, I, I'm going to text you. I did a motivational speaker and I, uh, and he picked me up and he dropped me like backwards through a table and it's and it yeah. fucking hurt. And I rolled off and he goes, you acted like you were hurt at the end. It ruined it. I go, well, we're already at commercial and it did hurt. I, I had a, I had a you thousand pound ox fall on me. You and, don't uh, want right. Chris
1: Farley throwing you around. <laughs> That's <know>. not good. <laughs> Can we do some jokes? Do I have to be? <laughs> it, anyway, it was yeah. funny that
0: then I got up and I was like, "Ow!" But my neck had been bad I mean, oh, the whole time.
1: Yeah, I separated my shoulder. It's it it's uh, bothers me to this day, but it's very functional. On SNL, doing a prat, a, 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 I really was stupid to do it. It was over in autumn doing like a Dick Van Dyke type thing, but I was Dan yeah. Quayle. Just went over and crunched it, and because I don't know, maybe my childhood was pretty rough. I went, I did like two more. Then I was walking <laughs> around with my shoulder up and Mary Tyler Moore was the host and her husband was there. He's a doctor. He goes, and ah, I think you separated your shoulder. So but it was non-surgical. And the next night I had to do all these quick changes. But anyway, you know, you get hurt in show business. Did they pop it in? No, they didn't pop it in. It's got I got a bump, but I, I work it a lot. I keep it loose. I broke a, uh, my ankle on a Sandler movie, too, but, but that's fine. We don't want Sandler right. listening to this. Go on. <laughs> I, know, I can't do that
2: <laughs> Were you uh, I, I got to a place Where I was like You know Used to the Pain But I Like a trooper Like a You know A football mm-hmm. Guy You know I was like I just gotta keep going Gotta go with it You know And not yeah. Rest the pain And I tell somebody You know And like mm-hmm. I don't wanna I did tell somebody But I was just still Like embarrassed by it
1: Yeah Well it's also What you don't want Instinctually Cause I had the bypass When I was 42 You don't want some people like to be pitied. I find it a, an uncomfortable emotion of this sort of like, yeah. Oh, Chris. Right. So I, I I do understand the idea of like, let's just not make this become my trademark or how people yeah. see me. Right. And so for years I had that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you, do you feel okay today? You know, that well intended people, by the way, but you know. I do
0: that when I'm on a movie and they go, Spade's got a bad neck. And then by the time. It gets around the crew. They're like, "You have to go up on this uh, this step of this ladder. It's about six inches up. Do you need help? Should we get your guy in here to do it?" And I go, "I can step up a step. Okay, you don't have to do anything. We'll bring your stunt man in. We'll bring him in for the day." My stunt man was literally in the wings at all times, smoking. Going, "I think I should do this one." I'm like, "It's just shaking hands with someone." He's like, <laughs> "You know, we don't need you to throw your shoulder out because you're the biggest pussy in America."
2: <laughs> did you? Did your stunt man look like you? He sort
0: of does. I think I still have the same one. I think I'm starting to look older yeah. than them so much we have to get a new one. It uh, <laughs> gets older and older with me. But We had a good one, and they love doing stunts, man. It's so funny. On movies, they just... I didn't realize so later they get paid per stunt, so if they look at the monitor and everyone goes, I liked it. You want to do it again? They go, yeah. And I go, oh, he wants to do it again. And I re- The stuntman once said, the head of it goes, uh, coordinator goes, he's never going to say no. He gets paid every time. So... He'll break his neck. He doesn't care. He just has to keep doing it. So I said, oh, let's not put him through it. But it's like bike wipeouts or falling off a cliff. And you go, they love it. They're good at it. I don't know if they are
1: <laughs> good. Well, at it. sometimes they love it. I was got to say, I don't yeah. know if they love it, but tough job. I had a guy tap out. I had a stunt guy. I had to go into a big barrel of, of ice cold goo, like submerged six <laughs> feet under. So you couldn't see or hear every orifice was full. And he literally came up. And he'd done other stunts, and then he, he kind of had a panic attack. Mm, so it was yeah. with Anthony Hopkins. So I had to go get in the goo, and uh, that's where my childhood kicked in. I didn't like it, but fuck it. I'll just do it, you know?
2: Doesn't Anthony Hopkins do his own stunts? That's what I hear. Are you talking
1: about Tony? <laughs> oh, gross.
2: Uh, Anthony Hopkins <laughs> and I...
1: I call him Tone. Yeah. I called him Hoppy by the end, but we're not, it's not hoppy. a competition. Listen, I, uh, Tone hop. we bonded over our mutual, uh, crazy fathers. And then the last day of shooting, he goes, he kind of sounded like Rob Wims. He's so, uh, charismatic, just bizarre in a chair. Oh, do you want to come in my trailer for lunch? So I'm like, yeah, that'd be great. But then a woman from Entertainment Tonight was there and says, well, you're scheduled to do this interview. And she started crying, so I cancel mm-hmm. it. And then his assistant, it was the last day of shooting, she said, that was the first time Tony ever invited someone into his trailer. And you fucked him <laughs> over? But my entertainment tonight segment apparently it
2: was great. Oh, it was <laughs> great. Honestly, I'm gonna look that regrets, up. Regrets. But back- I loved <laughs> entertainment tonight. I was such a I remember when I you do the out. theme theme song. Jody Watley. Jody Watley. Yeah. Oh yeah. What's his name? Did the theme music to it? Tesh. Da 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 da. John Tesh. Yeah, John Tesh. That's yes. right. John Tesh. He, he wrote the music.
0: Hey, Chris Catan, when you did um Alien Gonzalez, <laughs> would they let you do that again today, you think?
2: <laughs> Whoops! Cancel. Well, I'm I, ironically, I'm doing an Elian Gonzalez uh, film. Are you doing a docu series for Apple TV? <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> to the, really? The later, the later days. Around, no. <laughs> can, you give me a, can you even tell me a little bit of how he talked? Or? <laughs> we just want to see what the censor probably. They, the the uh, algorithm will idea? shut it down. Yeah. The algorithm will shut it down if it's. Well,
2: picture, uh, picture some child uh, talking He software
1: Talking
0: Softly, that's it. Okay. And you did on the show. I think you did it, right? Yeah, I did. And uh, that's so funny. And then right now... I love that
1: you brought that up of all Well, characters. I did Ching Change. If they ever find that, I'm done. No,
0: <laughs> Sorry, but they... Because we were thinking that <laughs> there's a lot of stuff where you do something on the show back then. Like, I asked Timmy Meadows, could you play a woman now on the show? And he said, I don't know. So, like, if, could you play a Mexican-American on a show today, and I don't know if they'd let you do that.
2: Uh, probably not. I did an Antonio Banderas, and I don't think that was uh, That was. I I don't know if I could do Antonio Banderas now, could I? I don't know.
1: Um, I do sometimes for fun, if I'm doing stand-up, I love to do Al Pacino from Scarface, but the way I set it up, I go, I'm doing Al Pacino's really bizarre Cuban accent. Blame Al Pacino. Well, I, and I say it's one of my favorite performances, but it's. it's so abstracted, you know? It's But still, <laughs> I don't know when I might be cancelable, but, you know, I definitely am down to Western Europe, pretty much, Scandinavian accents. Right. But other, the rest of the world is off-base. Australian, we can still do Australian. Mm. You could do a cowboy, can't you? Just a, what, well, I mean, just a cowboy? Like John Wayne or something? <laughs> yeah. Well, come on, Katan. The
2: cowboy, have limit.
0: Buying someone jewelry is usually a great experience all around. To get a beautiful gift, mm-hmm. you get the unforgettable moment of seeing the look on their face when they open it. The tricky part, Dana, as you know. Yeah. Figure, figuring out how to get the perfect piece at the best price. I hate to say it. Price yeah. matters. I mean, yeah. Yeah. that's why I recommend for any jewelry purchase, you source it from BlueNile.com. They've been with us for a while.
1: Yeah. Blue Nile offers thousands of independently graded diamonds, David. And find jewelry at prices significantly below traditional retail.
0: They also offer peace of mind with every purchase. Some of their highest quality stand they have some of the highest quality standards in the industry.
1: Right. And David, whether you want to make a classic statement by gifting a white gold tennis bracelet mm-hmm. <laughs> to Sarah Sherman or <laughs> or, or Or bring out her eyes with sapphire and diamond hoop earrings. Blue Niles Jewelry experts can help you find the perfect gift. David?
0: They're available 24-7 by phone or chat to answer technical questions like, should I make it a diamond cut or a circle? (laughs) Those are the technical questions. (laughs) I (laughs) know. Oval. They fit your budget. They'll make sure what you want, they can fit in your budget.
1: Yes. It's very difficult to buy jewelry for someone because, um, you know, it's, it's a subjective thing and the, you'll be guided with the, this company's going to help you make the right choice. You All give right. them a little information and they'll go, Sapphire. it's hard to
0: roll down to your local strip mall and go. Yeah. We're a jewelry store and we sell trucker hats. It's like, that's yeah. not what you want. Yeah,
1: or sometimes they have a small jewelry kiosk inside a Denny's restaurant, and it's like, <laughs> they're flipping hot cakes, and I'm trying to find my loved ones Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you. You can feel great about your purchase, because Blue Nile also offers a diamond price match guarantee. Oh, that's nice. So you can't lose.
0: No, mm-hmm. just in case. You got 30-day... Returns, mm-hmm. shop Blue Nile today and experience the ease and convenience of the original online jeweler. Go to bluenile.com today. That's bluenile.com. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. Now, you're out there, you have acres and acres, hundreds of acres. All you have to do is water <laughs> and mow, and they'll do the rest. No. Weed control, which you hate, fertilization. Mm-hmm. Aira- aeration
1: can't huh? stand it.
0: Among others, they'll do all that, so you can do literally anything else. Dana's out there, like Yellowstone. You have better things to do in your free time. I know you do. You don't want to focus
1: on lawn care. True green is too good to be true, mm-hmm. is what I'm saying. But it is true, right, David? Because yeah. you're going to have more time to do yeah, things that you want care to focus of on.
0: All the hard work and. It gets yeah. you to a great lawn. That's what you want. You take care of everything else you got to do in your life. You're very busy. Let True Green take care of this one mm-hmm. thing. Get it off your plate.
1: You know what? I do have some space. I want to put some grass down. Some I, I might. Is, I'll, I'll, talk, I'll call you later, talk, True Green. Talk
0: to True Green. Where can listeners mm-hmm. purchase or learn more? You go to TrueGreen.com. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price. With the best
1: people, guaranteed. You can trust True Green to give you the best lawn because they are the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. Whoa. They offer a satisfaction guaranteed, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. That is such a cool thing. Good job, True Green. You're nailing it.
2: I just love that you're still doing great impressions, even though you're not on SNL anymore. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, you're so good at it, but you're still aware. And you're like, you're so good at impress. I used to like go out with this girl and she was like obsessed with you. And we were like, I then became obsessed with you because of your characters. It was like, what, is he going to be in a cold opening? What's the cold opening? Is he going to be in a cold opening? You know, it was all like, you know, and you uh, had this. Thank you. You know, you well, were doing cold openings for years. You know,
0: I've seen him do standup. <laughs> Actually, Dana, the guy that booked me at this thing this weekend, he goes, "I booked Dana and Don Henley at that gig that I came to." Oh yeah, and uh, Dana kills. He does these private functions. Sometimes we all, I mean, Chris too. We all do these private things, and no one sees him. Totally, but, but <laughs> Dana goes out there and does eighteen different presidents, and he does all these impressions and it fucking kills. And then I go up there and I go, hey, dogs are funny. And everyone's like, dogs, what is he talking about? They don't relate (laughs) to me at all.
1: Well, it's basically, and I, it's doing sketches as a stand-up. So when it works, it works. But in a big room and if you have great jokes like Dennis Miller or you, they will carry over. I mean, Chris and I did one of the weirdest gigs in, in Laughlin, Nevada. And it was like breaking light in the afternoon with sun in your eyes. (laughs) Oh, you guys, I love it. (laughs) Uh, A giant 3000 seater with maybe a hundred people and wind, <laughs> you know, and I'm going, this is just impossible. And I'm kind of doing these little characters, you know, and it's like, you know, but, um, but thank you, Chris. That's very nice. Yeah. Well, of course, it was like a,
2: that's what was happening. It's not like me. It's like, that's what was going on in comedy.
0: Hey, Chris, I you have know? a question. It's not about your, yes. your, that crummy gig you just did with Dana. Um, <laughs> this is about, by the way, that's the gig I probably auditioned for and didn't get. You you auditioned for stand-up? I auditioned for your guys' stand-up
1: over there. And <laughs> David's say, no, new going? nickname is Self-Deprokey. It's a no I, think it's funny. no, I did gigs
0: this weekend. I don't know when this will air. Probably in 2028. But I did a gig <laughs> this weekend. And uh, there's so many different types of corporate gigs that are so funny to do. Because most of them are hard. Most of them you do medium at best. It's very hard to kill. Because you're usually going on in between the cordon blue. And yeah, uh, people are eating and clanking (laughs) and they're almost, you were, you were, they, you feel like they were told right before, do not connect eyes with the comedian. Always look away and talk about something else while he's on stage. Cause you're on stage going, are they out of your fucking mind? They're like, "Ah, they're all chuffing in the background. You go. It's so funny. But anyway, I, I
1: did a gun. Yeah. I did a gun show once. They all got these big s- steaks. It was in Reno. Yeah. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the comedy shenanigans at Dana flurfo And they just, they just have the fork and knife. Their elbows are way out. Their backs are to me and they're just chowing down every once in a while. They would look over their neck and kind of nod a little bit.
0: And they're like, why is this guy so noisy behind me?
2: <laughs> I did a show and it was like, it was, uh, I don't know. It was in Colorado and, it was there was an elevation situation. So, you know, when people were drinking, that one drink is equivalent to like three drinks. So everybody was wasting oh, yeah. in the <laughs> audience. Awesome. They were just like, and the, there was one girl in the front row was like, no, nah! he's arguing <laughs> with a <her> boyfriend <laughs> while I was on. Like, no, you don't. You tell him. I'm not going to say anything. Oh, about but you? great. <laughs> No, well, it was like, am I involved in something that I just? Uh, how can I be involved in something that I'm not? I don't yeah. even know who you are. I was thinking that, but yeah. you know, they're like, no, I'm not going to say it. you can't say it. And um, but it gave me probably, you know, it gave me some material. By the way, did you do a commercial? Was it the What Is Love? Yeah, and
0: that was a commercial with Super Bowl. It was a Super Bowl. Whoa. commercial. Yeah. nice. Those are nice. Yeah, that was fun. And it was other people doing it, right, to
2: it? It was, yes, it was, uh, uh, oh, God, what was her? Missy Elliott and uh, Hmm. somebody else. And then they said, oh, this is a really big budget. So they literally went to other countries to see people bop their heads. Oh, that's good. Like that, like people in Japan. You know, or penguins in in Alaska were bopping their heads. It was like
0: penguins are expensive. It
2: like weeks to shoot.
1: Did you? Can you still do it? Or does it hurt your head? No, I can do it. Where did that
2: come from, Chris? That yeah. that
1: uh, sketch and then movie with with Will.
2: We were in the Groundlings, and Will worked at Butterfield and Butterfield. And I, I like remember that. Will. I saw him, man. and uh, we were like joined at the hips, like all the time. We would do we would do uh, like uh, temp jobs. One time he was an elf. Oh, no, I was an elf and he was Santa, and we're like walking around and
0: really to do that. All these things that seem
2: like sketches.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. That's funny.
2: We live like sketches.
1: So, this is the early 90s before you got on, or late 80s, early 90s?
2: No, it was like 94.
1: So, you guys were still not
2: making a living being funny at that point. You had to do these? What? No, not at all. We were okay. like making, you know, it was like unemployment or like whatever, you know, unemployment and whatever you got. But he met his wife at Butterfield and Butterfield, actually, Vivica. So oh, yeah. that's a good thing. So I met myself and whatever. <laughs> play with myself. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, so I we went to a bar and we saw a guy at the bar alone. And he was like just doing the thing to the... It was all... Mm-hmm. Like he's pointing at, the,
0: pointing at a girl, pointing back at himself, pointing at a girl. Pointing yeah, back.
2: he literally turned... He got a drink at the bar. He was like this. And then he turned to... Mm -hmm. You know, yes, to the dance floor. It was like, you know, do you want? You want me to dance? You you want me to come out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want? You don't? You don't? Okay, that's that's fine. Whatever. So that was basically it. And we're like, God, that guy is so pathetic.
0: (laughs) You know what? It's very hard to take a funny scene like that where you know it's funny, and you got to figure out. I mean, you guys sort of just doing that, but I've seen scenes in life that I go, "That's so funny," and it's to transfer that. Into a sketch, you can fucking ruin it. You can do it wrong, and you go, "God, what did I do oh, yeah. wrong here?" Because I know it's good. I just am not adapting it perfectly for what it should be.
1: Something, but you got the music right. You got the, the look right. It was a funny hook. The song was perfect. And did in the sketch, did they did they talk or no? You know, on no, originally
2: they weren't meant to talk.
1: It was just music over it. Yeah, but they just so how how long were they? How long were those sketches? Then you had no no. Verbal comedy. It was all physical. Uh,
2: Well, we would go when Jim Carrey came on, and that was Fred Wolf's idea to add a third guy.
0: Hey, David. Hey, Chris. Would, hey, Chris. Fred Wolf. Well, yeah. Fred, Fred just
1: joined in. Hey. <laughs> hey, you're, you're good. You're <laughs> not. That's good you're friend. not. So, <laughs> you're good. You're good. That's good. You're not so good. No, that's funny. That's not so funny.
2: He'd always walk around with a cigarette behind his ear, but he never smoked it. Hey, Chris, mostly. I don't
0: smoke, but uh, I just, can I talk to you after? Uh, Chris, first of all, you're so you're so good. It was so good. You're so fucking funny. That no, it's, just, it's, it's uh, really just wanna, it's I truly really funny. Thing. I'm not
2: ju- I'm not
1: just saying this. I'm not just saying this. Really funny. You were good. You're not so good. Anyway, no, it doesn't really matter. I tell
0: Dana all the time. Dana, Dana is the funniest. I'm sorry. I told Dana. I told Danny's the funniest. But oh, just, you, you, you,
2: you're, 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 you're yeah. No, no, no. I'm.
0: A, well, yeah, yeah. yeah I, no, I got, I got, I got, I got, I got, I, got, I got. You, you would never do something. <laughs> Something in my movie, you would never. I mean, you're too busy. There's ne- I would no, someday, there's no someday, way there's
1: <laughs> and you don't know. Do you still know? Um, this is like the greatest thing I've ever heard. It really is. Really is. I'm sorry. I Dana, just wanted to join in the party. Dana, I was
0: thinking about the thing you said the other night. It's the funniest thing I've ever heard. That's the funny thing funny I've thing ever. ever do you funny care if I write that up? Can I write that up? Should
1: we well, do it's that? It's ridiculous. It's the funniest thing I've ever seen. Funniest thing I've ever seen. All Fred Will, folks. No, I'm not just saying this. <laughs> Lauren said it was the funniest thing he's ever seen, not just saying that. You know, anyway. Uh, Chris, so, so you, had, I remember one with Sherry O'Terry getting smashed in the
0: middle and what was Jim Carrey just doing it with you guys? That must've been a monster one. I think I remember that. I do remember
1: that. Yeah,
2: that was the kind of, that was the sketch that kind of, you know, took off and I was listening to that kind of music, like techno music. I was, I don't know why I liked it, but Will was like, you take care of the songs. Cause I don't know anything about that weird, <laughs> strange kind of music.
0: You're like, I just, all you need is one winner like that. That's one fucking song. It worked. Yeah. And did you guys? So you did a commercial of so on it, one. Did you ever do? Was there talk of a movie? Did you do a movie of that? You did Night at the Roxbury.
1: Night at the Roxbury. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's why you decided how they would talk. And how? How did they? I mean, just they were kind of.
2: We just sat in a in a room in front of John Baldwin, and, and we were like, he's like, so what do they sound like? Who, by the way, has a lot of energy. I think he still does, probably. Probably, um, yeah. And uh, very sweet yeah. guy. And he's like, yeah. So what do they yeah. sound like? And we, Will and I were like, we don't. Uh, we're not ready for this, I knew you, like, I, I,
0: this could, you could fuck it up Because you could go <laughs> My guy sounds like this And everyone's like
1: Uh oh yeah.
2: <laughs> Well anyway yeah. What are we doing? Yeah no. I thought they would
1: be Sort of Eastern European For some
2: reason We, we No that That was later We yeah. were like Do we decide We have right. to decide Because we're writing a script now Like where are they from? We don't know anything And somebody said Like they're from You know The Brooklyn Or like no They're from Beverly Hills and no, they're Eastern European, you know, and mm-hmm. Steve Korn was the writer too, as well. Mm-hmm. Will and I, and Steve Korn would mm-hmm. write it. But we, when we sat in front of Goldwyn, we were like, what do we say? So we went, what's up? And he, and Will went, what's up? And Goldwyn was like.
1: <laughs> I
2: love it. So that was it. <laughs> I love it. Print love it. it. Lunch. <laughs> so Korn wrote the movie with you and Will? Uh, Yeah. We would be at the Four Seasons while we were doing, Lauren gave us a room at the Four Seasons to write. After Ooh. we wrote sketches at SNL. Oh. Uh, so we wrote the script while doing the show, which probably happened a lot. And then you go to the four scenes in New York? This was in New York, wow. yeah. And then when we had a week off, cool. we'd go to Paramount and we'd go in Lauren's office. Mm-hmm. And uh, your old friend Aaron was there and she like just say, okay. She'd open up the place and we'd go right to the And Lauren's the, like, the I'm over Paramount.
0: here now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you saw me in New York, now I'm in LA.
2: Yeah. But he uh, his office (laughs) used to be it was like when he got that office at Paramount or got it again because he did Black Sheep with you and he did Tommy Boy and then he Wayne's World with you, Dana. Mm -hmm. And then uh, he would refer to those all the time, obviously, because that was his Paramount stuff and they did so well. Mm -hmm. People loved it. But we got that office and he would it used to be Crocodile Dundee's office. So they were taking off the Crocodile Dundee (laughs) posters (laughs) and putting up the Lorne movies. Like corn oh. Heads and Three Amigos. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a noise. Fuck Dundee is Lauren's got some hits over there. Shit. Yeah. yeah. Oh, of course.
1: Looking to save on delivery? Dash Pass from DoorDash is your door to $0 delivery fees and savings you can't get anywhere else. Dash Pass is an exclusive membership with DoorDash that gets you unlimited $0 delivery fees on eligible orders and members-only deals and discounts. Whether it's food from your favorite restaurants, grocery from across town, or anything in between, DashPass is the most affordable way to get everything you need delivered right to your door. With zero-dollar delivery fees and lower service fees on eligible orders, DashPass makes it easy to save at restaurants, grocery stores, and all your local favorites on DoorDash. DashPass pays for itself in two orders on average. Plus, DashPass gives you special access to exclusive promotions and menu items, all for $9.99 a month. Get more from delivery for less with DashPass. Zero-dollar delivery fees and reduced service fees on eligible DoorDash orders. Sign up for DashPass today and get your first 30 days free if you're a new member. Subject to change. Terms apply. If
0: you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know how home shopping can be, and that can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you actually do need to know What are the neighborhoods like? Good question. What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Maybe it
1: is. Why can't it? Guess what? It is. Now it is on homes.com. They've got everything you need to know about the listing itself, but even better. Hold on. They've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools. And their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listing and sales history. Wow. That
0: sounds good. Homes.com collaboration tools make it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information.
1: All at your fingertips. Homes.com. We've done your homework. This episode is brought
2: to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? What was the great one with your brain when the dog was He, he smells my dog.
1: Massive Head Wound Harry.
2: Yes, my God. What a great Fucking Head Wound I wish we'd show a
1: clip of that. That was the dog. You know, I was just writing great Amazing. writing. I was just like, walking through. But the dog... They put, I guess it was like Gerber's baby food or something on this prosthetic <laughs> skull I had. To make him lick it, right? They put a little bit of dress. He went, well, he was pulling yeah, it. Yeah, like, he fucking ripped it like, I know, it and I had, a, I had a Lucille Ball moment where it's like, okay, do I hold the wig on <laughs> right. or do I let the wig go off? But I just thought, oh, the sketch is going so good, I'll hold the wig on so it won't become about that. Maybe it was the bad choice, but... When a dog goes crazy, the audience goes crazy. And and you go, he smells my dog or something.
2: Yeah, yeah, but he, yeah, he says he smells my dog. Mm -hmm. And but he was literally pulling the thing off. Oh yeah, yeah, and that's what was so genius about it. Like it was such a struggle. Yeah, that dog. Oh yeah, no, (laughs) we we
1: fought it out. He wanted that yeah. that that rubber head of mine. So and Dana, I was you're it. saying it dress, They put
0: a little, and then they fucking overdid on the air, and it went yeah. chaos. Yeah, the dog Hilarity. went crazy.
1: Dog exact went dog. What uh, so okay. funny. That's a genius who put that on there. <laughs> Did you guys ever have a sketch with an animal uh, during your time there? <laughs> I, I don't uh, remember. I don't remember. I think
2: I had a. There was a real monkey in a. Mr. Peeper's thing, <laughs> but we didn't touch it. <laughs> so like, Shit. Was that the
1: same monkey that Mike used for Sprockets? They just had one monkey that they... <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, that was the one. It was in under Lauren's desk, ready to go anytime.
0: <laughs> oh, Sprockets monkey just waiting at the station for the call in his dressing room?
2: Yeah, exactly. What about... Yeah.
0: Oh, you did Dancing with the Stars, too. Is it? Was it too hard?
2: I've thought about that
0: show, and I go, I would collapse so quickly.
2: Yeah, that's a good thing to bring up. Uh, let's dance with the stars. Yeah. So I was on dance with the stars and, uh, yeah, it was, it's amazing how much those dancers are like, they were so trained. I mean, like, yeah. They're, not trained, they're, like, so, they're just good. so good. They're so good.
0: And they're so motivated. And they they give you like caveats, yeah. like you get more money if you stay a week or you get, or they get more money. something because And they want you to have followers. You want people to call in. So those kind of shows incorporate everything that helps them. And it's actually helps you too. But those shows seem so hard uh, because just regular, I think the training, they're so tough about. They do not want you. It's it's an all day event. They're just like, the more you train, the better you're going to win. You're like, I know, but I'm fucking lazy. I don't want to do this all day.
2: Yeah, I wasn't lazy. I was in it, but it I'm was lazy. just hard and they were like, making me do moves that I'm like, I don't know how to do that. And yeah. I was kind of like, and you may be like a situation. So it's like more about not more about but like easier for me. So I could just do a couple moves.
0: Yeah, they trick it to where they look like you're doing a lot, but you're really not doing that much, hopefully.
2: Yeah, it's like, I can't spin like that. And like, there's like Simone Biles is like doing these incredible moves and she's like a gymnast. I'm like, I can't compete for that. <laughs> you, you know, know if she, she was on your same one. Too.
0: I would I would just quit. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's yeah, over. she was in, incredible. And it was like the background had fire going on. I'm like, mine's has like little, little <laughs> snow sparklers. <laughs>
1: We <laughs> should we should do a show sketch comedy with the dancers and bring them out. and Go, come on. I hit that line. No, slow down. Yeah. Pivot. You're mu- you're mugging.
2: You're mugging.
0: Just a spray tan budget. Alone. <laughs> I mean, that, it is a fun to show to watch. Everyone gets in. everyone's <laughs> good looking. All the guys, all the girls. It's unbelievable. But it's turned into such a biz over there. Everything about it.
2: Yeah, it was very I did learn a lot about followers. I remember because I was with Whitney Carson. She's like, you got to go. You got to get these followers here. I'm like, oh, is that what's going on? I did not know that was an important thing. I learned a lot about Vicodin. I
0: mean, when you get sore, I get sore just going to the mailbox. So uh, I go up time for a Vicodin. I wouldn't do it, but I just picked up a kettlebell.
1: Oh you you just have yeah. a little Tito's Neat and a Vicodin it's oh, it's 10am. Yeah. Like no Tito's one cares and
2: it's a morning thing just to take the right. edge off. No, a little <laughs> Dico. I was taking a Gabapentin was the thing that they gave me oh, Gabapentin. Yes. Never even heard of that one. Oh, babe, you got it. That's the that's cuz it's not narcotic and that's the stuff that loosens oh, I don't forget market. it. technical then. or scientific, but that helps. <laughs>
0: uh yeah, text me off the air with the, Yeah, I'll tell with you later pill with Emoticon. Put that all the way across. That'll get my attention.
2: <laughs> I'll take a photograph of a pill and text you. I go to pill identifier. <laughs>
0: it's like my number one Google thing. I'm like, hey, I just found this on the carpet. Um, should I take it? It says 119. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're like, that's a Tic Tac. It's
2: got like a little horse on it.
0: Yeah, it seems like it's within the last couple of years. It should be fine.
2: Yeah. What do you mean it's acid? Just take it. <laughs> How about you take it? And we figure out what it is. All right. Yeah. That's a good. Oh, I mm. I I'd be, I'd love being a guinea pig. That's That'd fun. be so fun.
1: Oh, yeah. It's great to be the guinea pig.
2: Yeah. Dana, where are you? Are you up north? Southern California. You are. Yeah. So, oh, I did a, a, a thing, a, a comedy thing, and the guy was like, I got to go to this club because your son is running it, uh, apparently. Uh, Three wheel.
1: He's yes. a part owner. And it's like, a 70s seater. I'm actually uh, going to play it. Yeah.
0: That's really cool. Can you fill 70?
1: I don't know if I could fill 70 because it's, you know, it's the younger audience and you go up and you're kind of the craggy old guy, you know? Hey,
0: everybody. What's going on TikTok?
1: <laughs> I remember when Milton Burrow visited San Francisco, I was doing stand up, and Mil- Milton is here. You know, he's like 82, but he wants to be one of the fellas. Yeah, I'm like 24. Right. But I always, I always loved older comedians. I always, you know, thought they were the coolest. Don Rickles. You do stand-up around local clubs and stuff?
2: I you know, sometimes I'll go do like I did the improv last week or I'll do the mm-hmm. comedy store or something, but I haven't done that in, in a little while. But I'll I'll do that. I like going out like I I was out with the uh, last weekend or two days ago with Lovitz mm-hmm. and Tim Meadows, and we did a show. Yeah. And uh that's fun to do that kind of a thing, you know.
1: And what's your first laugh when you go on stage? Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Katan.
0: Oh, Good question.
2: Uh, when I say what everybody says, good night, everybody.
1: <laughs> That's all
0: right.
2: You just, you just have to do something. Everybody does that joke. No.
0: Good
1: night, everybody. Well, thank you, Katan.
2: It's good to chat with you, bud. Yeah, man. It's great talking to you too. And Dana, it's a pleasure.
1: Really nice. Nice to see you, Chris. You're so you're so Thanks, uh, lovely, likable and friendly. I'm,
2: I, I is this show gonna like is this, this will, this will never air. No, it won't be
1: on anything. It'll
2: never air. Good. It'll be out at a certain
1: time soon. <laughs> we're just, you know, and, uh, you know, we're just I'm just in my room and I'm get, getting to see people that I've uh, had different kinds of
2: interactions with throughout the year yeah yeah well i think it's a great idea when i heard that you guys were doing a show together i was like oh shit that's amazing so thank Thank you you. so much for having me on i can't tell you how excited i am
1: it's fun yeah thank you for being a sport thanks guys (laughs) and dana i guess i'll run into you down the line yeah you're still doing stand-up and stuff (laughs) yeah yeah i'll see you go stretch stretch yourself out we'll go to koi All right, bye guys. Yeah, boy. All right, Chris. Blue ribbon. (laughs) Have a good day, Chris. Enjoyed it. All right, guys.
0: This has been a podcast presentation of Cadence Thirteen. Please listen, then rate, review, and follow all episodes. Available now for free wherever you get your podcast.
1: No joke, folks. Fly on the Wall has been a presentation of Cadence 13, executive produced by Dana Carvey and David Spade, Chris Corcoran of Cadence 13, and Charlie Finan of Brillstein Entertainment.
0: The show's lead producer is Greg Holtzman with production and engineering support from Serena Regan and Chris Basil of Cadence 13.